Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. As we do on a Tuesday, we like to check in with Alex Cook, our Ask Alex segment. If you have a finance question, uh, don't be slow. Uh, Pick up the phone, give us a call. You might have a scenario you'd like to run by uh, Alex Cook, uh, our finance expert. And of course, when we're talking biblical view of money, a really important conversation each week. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, let's uh, we're, let's just set the scene here for a few moments. Um, you know, Wealth with Purpose, uh, that's your organization. You have a series called Kingdom Wealth Foundations. We've been working our way through that. And uh, let's uh, talk through some issues today about saving and investing. And listeners, welcome to be a part of the conversation. You might have a question about money, 1-800-316-316. Alex, let me just ask you something fairly obvious up front. Uh, The fact that so many of us struggle to save, why do you think that's the case? Mm. Well, it's an important question because we need to know what may be the barrier that is stopping us from saving Uh, because many, many people struggle with this very thing. Rarely is it an income issue. Now, there'll be people genuinely listening who are struggling. You know, you've got, maybe you're out of work or you've got uh, a low income at the moment, whatever the circumstance may be. But in most cases, it's not so much the income that's the issue. In fact, there's a saying that most people don't have money problems, they have management problems. That's a quote, I think, from Rick Warren or someone like that. Anyway, it's it's the right idea, though, in the sense that most people don't um, struggle with the concept of saving. They know they need to do it, but it's often our behaviour with money that is stopping us from saving. So that could be overusing a credit card, or I would argue using a credit card at all because credit cards tend to make you spend money. Um, so that's it, it's the behavior. If you wanna be successful with money, you need to ultimately have the right behaviors. Uh, in other words, you control over how you spend and behave with money. But then of course, there's other issues as well, such as spiritual issues. Um, and these, by, certainly in our society, are totally discounted. But things like our identity, if you're getting your identity from things of this world, such as the car you drive, the job you have, the clothes you wear, the house you live in, that's going to affect the way you spend money and the way you behave with money. So that's why we want to make sure that our identity is grounded in God and not grounded in what we have. So that's a really important one. And of course, in our society today, idolatry is alive and well. You know, idolatry is serving a false god. And uh, money, of course, for many people is, is very much that. But it could be narrowed down even further into all sorts of things. Um, you know, I think home ownership, for example, is a good thing, but it's become almost a national idol. You know, there's entire TV programs. People spend their lives talking about houses and home ownership. So those sort of things where we fall in love with money and we start serving money rather than serving God. So they're the kind of spiritual issues that can also cause us to struggle with saving. So really they're the two key things. You've got to make sure that we're behaving well with money, uh, doing the right things, and making sure that we are not impacted by some of the spiritual issues that can have a profound impact on the way we behave as well. 
Alex, I'm sure it's the case that in some churches and some of us raised in various church settings where it's like uh, you get it, you give it, and uh, that generosity is a part of what it is to be a Christian. But some people question, is saving biblical? Uh, Some Christians would say accumulating is wrong. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, for that one? Yeah, look, it's an important one for us to grapple with theologically. Um, And the answer is saving is perfectly biblical. Um, The Bible makes a very clear distinction between saving versus hoarding. So someone who is hoarding is putting money away for the, um, that's never going to be used. You know, they often are acting out of fear. You know, people who went through the Great Depression and things like that, where money all of a sudden became very scarce. Uh, and so that instinct in them just makes them hoard away and they're constantly accumulating and it's never going to be used for anything. In fact, if anything, it'll just be passed on to the next generation. Saving, on the other hand, is perfectly biblical. And uh, to me, really, the the key issue from a Christian with saving, and saving is is really just good stewardship, is setting money aside for a range of different things. Obviously, some of it for, you know, things like a rainy day, but also, and and more importantly, saving for the future. There may be key things that we need to save for, whether it is buying a house, whether it is um, maybe you have your God's put on your heart to go and start a charity. Well, when you, when you do that, you know, you're going to lose your income because you're going to go and start something. And so, therefore, you're going to need money set aside for the future. Um, if you want to start a business, same thing. There's all sorts of good, sensible reasons for saving money. Not to mention, the Bible says we shouldn't be a burden on others. Uh, and therefore, particularly when you think about retirement, we're all going to get old, uh, <laughs> normal part of life. We want to make sure that we've accumulated enough so that we can be, um, you know, I, I don't like the word self-sufficient because we've always got to be God dependent. Uh, but nonetheless, we don't want to be dependent on, on others and be a burden on other people. And that's one thing the Bible encourages us to do. So saving makes good sense. It's perfectly biblical. It's when you fall in love with money and you start saving uncontrollably and hoarding. That's when it becomes a sin. And that's why I think people just need to be careful that money's kept in its proper place. Attitude is important. Hey, we're taking mm-hmm. calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Will in Western Sydney. Hi, Will. Welcome along. Yeah, hi, hello. How are you? Very well, Will. What are your thoughts? Do you have a question for Alex? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm in um, financial strife because of the uh, coronavirus. I haven't been working since since it started. And uh, I was wondering, um, should I start selling my uh, material possessions so I can um, get some money, you know what I mean? Yep. Wow. I feel for you, Will. Uh, You know, financial struggles. And uh, do I sell the things that I've perhaps worked hard for? Alex, your thoughts for Will? Mm, look, uh, certainly I feel for you, Will, because certainly it's been a hugely challenging time for uh, for many, many people. Um, so, look, there's uh, look probably a range of different things you can do. Um, one thing is I certainly don't object to selling things off. The only thing where you, you need to be careful, obviously, if those things are going to add value to you in terms of future employment. Uh, you know, you may need a car to get around, for example, um, etc. But selling things off is not in and of itself wrong. But what may be possible, if if possible, is to try and get some sort of casual work while you're waiting for the job that you're, you know, you're really looking for, just to get some money coming in. Obviously, make sure you're aware of all government payments that you're le- uh, legitimately eligible for as well. So you want to try and get money coming in as, as quick as you can, even if it's something just to stop you from having to sell and having to do those things. 
Um, we, we all need to have those kind of buffers and sometimes we go through tough times. I mean, I remember 20 years ago myself when I was made redundant from a job and I, I, I needed to pay the bills as well. So I went and worked in a local bottle shop just, you know, stacking shelves. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing all those kind of things just to make sure um, that uh, you know, we don't have to sell down on those assets and so forth. But if, if you desperately need the cash, then there are things you can do to that. Um, I try and discourage certain other things, cash converters and things like that, where you end up um, you know, essentially you know, cashing things in for not as much as you probably get. So just be, just be cautious. But nonetheless, um, there are things you can do to, to try and minimise it. But the best thing is try and just even get some casual work, anything you can do, even if it's knocking on doors and asking to mow, mow their lawn. All those kind of things would help. Well, is that helpful? Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, Will, thank you so much for your call then and uh, God's blessing on you as you uh, navigate the mm. way forward. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to have, if you have a question today, our Ask Alex segment, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. A question we might all have in the back of our minds, uh, how much should we save? Is there some sort of, you know, way that you can get a, a you know, a recipe for getting it right here, Alex? <laughs> yeah, look, I... In one sense, there's no, there's obviously no limit, and there's no minimum or anything like that. Um, but one of the things that we like to teach is what we call the eighty ten ten rule, and uh, what it simply is, is is focus first on giving money. So when you think of your income coming into your house, think of what I can give first. You know, seek first His kingdom. So I want to give. So the first ten percent I call giving to God. Second ten percent. Uh, to me is the saving. So if you think about your net income, in other words, the money that comes into your bank account after your employer's paid your taxes and that kind of thing, um, try and save at least 10%. That to me is a great starting point. It's by no means an end point. If you live at home with mum and dad, make sure it's 30 or 40% so you can save and really get ahead and you know build up a deposit. Um, and then try and live on no more than 80%. So what we're trying to do here and the key to getting ahead is to live beneath your means. One of the, the sayings is live within your means, but that really means just spending what you have. The key to getting ahead is to live beneath your means. That's, that's the key. Um, so try and save at least 10%. And that to me is, as I say, it's not meant to be a hard and fast rule, but it's a great place to start. Let's take another call. Steve is in Bray Park in Brisbane. Hello, Steve. Welcome along. Hello. How are you? Very well. What are you? What's uh, look, your question? Uh, just, uh, just commenting on you know um, the the previous uh, person you're talking to, uh, he's, he was advised you know get a job with a bottle shop etc. Now I'll, I'll give you an example of what I did many years ago. I couldn't get a job, uh, you know, got sacked. I was in an area of high unemployment over the uh, Ipswich Way, it's a poor area, and a job came up, and it was only a cleaning job five hours a week. So I had to do one hour on Monday, two hours on Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday, and then two hours on Friday. And I had to finish the job at five o'clock in the morning. Now, nobody else wanted the job. And I did that for six months. Now, that sounds like a ridiculous job, but I got a, a reference from that job and it got me into another job, a cleaning job. And they said, where have you been? I said, I've been working for six months for this guy. Oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, we'll give you the job. That job, next job, was 15 hours a week, so three hours a day. And I did that for six months. Then that got me into another job where I was doing six hours a day, 
And after six months, I got me into a further job where I'm working 40 hours a week. And I've just finished that job after 23 years. So I, if I can assure the previous uh, guy who was on the phone, look, it looks ridiculous, but if you've got a job that's only offering you five hours a week, grab it. Because when you go to the next job, the boss doesn't say, how many hours a week did you work? He'll just say, how long were you there? Oh, I was there for six months. Oh, well, that's a reputable company. You've got the job. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yep. Yeah. Steve, that's a great contribution. And I think uh, it is. Will will be very encouraged by that, as will many other listeners. Steve, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. I'll take that one as a comment. Uh, let's hear from Lyndon, who is in Painesville in Victoria. Hi, Lyndon. Uh, g'day, how you going? Good, Lyndon. What are your thoughts? Do you have a question for Alex? Uh, I have got a question. I'm, I'm just wondering what Alex's thoughts are, um, given that Proverbs you know, does strongly tell us to save, um, but it also tells us to sort of avoid debt. So... Um, my question to Alex is, or I'm interested in his opinion, is in regards to either in investment uh, purchases or, or business purchases, how does he feel about borrowing for those uh, types of reasons? Alex. Great question. Um, look, um, I have... There's probably a couple of different ways to answer this. The first thing I'd say um, is... I have always been a person that's discouraged debt. However, there is a reality for certain things where debt is usually required. In many cases, buying a business, or if you have a business and you need to buy certain types of equipment to grow your business, more than likely debt is required. Um, likewise, with investing, if you want to invest into, say, real estate, you know, real estate is a very large purchase, and more than likely, you're going to have to borrow money to do it. The Bible, nowhere does the Bible ever suggest that debt is sinful, but what it does say is it's a wisdom issue. Um, there's probably two main warnings that it gives. One is that it can lead to slavery, and the second one is don't guarantee somebody else's debts. They're the two main principles that sit around this debt issue. So my advice is if people are wanting to um, borrow to invest, I, I say to people, that's okay. However, be cautious in terms of how much you borrow work out before you borrow the money how you're going to pay it off. Ask yourself if interest rates rise, and today we're expecting a potential, you know, there's the Reserve Bank meets today at 2.30, so there's a possibility of a rate rise, and there's lots of speculation about there that there might be. Um, but ask yourself, what would be the impact on my business or myself individually on my personal cash flow if interest rates were to rise? Um, because the biblical principle is that if you take out debt, you have to honour that person that you've borrowed from and you have to repay the debt. You know, the Bible actually says the wicked don't repay. So it's important that when we do take on debt, um, that we do it cautiously, uh, that we don't overdo it, uh, maybe get advice around it from uh, from biblical people, and you know, people who are not going to have a cowboy approach to it um, because so many people have, like mortgage brokers, have a vested interest in you taking on a lot of debt, for example. So you've just got to be a bit wise about it. So no, no problem with debt. Um, but you've just got to be very, very cautious with it um, because the Bible, as I say, warns that it can enslave you. And certainly at the moment, we are, have had 30 years of interest rates falling. You'd have to start to think that we're now heading, heading in the other direction. So reasons to be, uh, to be cautious there. Um, but as you say, saving is always better than borrowing. I'd like to see us have a culture in Australia of save and invest. 
rather than borrow to consume. Now you're talking about borrow to invest rather than borrow to consume, but that's certainly a cultural problem that we have in Australia. We, we tend to use debt as our solution to all of our problems. Um, whereas I think debt may well become a problem in the future if you overdo it. So yeah, great question. Thanks, Lyndon. Lyndon, thank you so much for your call. And boy, time has flown by very quickly. Perhaps we might just uh, bring some loose ends together and we talk about saving hand in hand with that goes investing. Alex, when it comes to investing and those savings that we might have already accumulated a little of, uh, how do you get started? In Because we're talking wealth foundations in this series we've been doing now for weeks. Uh, so investing, how do you get started? Yeah, look, first thing obviously is determine how much you've got to invest. So know how much you've got to invest. Then determine what is the purpose of the investment? What is the goal? And usually this has a time frame in mind. So it may be you're saving for your kids' education and then maybe they're going to start school in six or seven years. Um, maybe it is you know, retirement. Maybe you know if you're 35, you've got 30 years, so your time frame's quite a bit longer. So the key issue is to know your goal and know the time frame for achieving it. That's really critical when you're investing um, because when you invest money, your time frame affects where you'll invest the money. So they're the first two early ones. The next one is how much risk do you want to take? And the best way to explain risk is I call it the sleep at night test. How will you sleep at night knowing where your money is invested? Uh, financial planners call this your risk profile, but you need to understand how you're going to react uh, when things go wrong because, you know, stock markets crash, property prices fall, all these sort of things can happen. So you need to understand risk. And of course, other elements of risk involved in that, such as, you know, the risks you're taking in terms of whether you borrow money, uh, the types of assets you're buying, etc. So risk is a really important thing to think through. And I would argue get advice around so you're cautious with it. Once you do that, of course, then you want to say, is, well, where am I going to invest my money? Am I going to go the, the shares path? Am I going to go the property path? In which case, you know, you need to save for a deposit. Um, or you might go for a balanced approach. You, you mix your investments up across a range of different assets. You know, you've got bonds, shares, property. There's all sorts of weird and wonderful things you can invest in these days that are, that are quite good to invest in. So that's what we call your asset allocation. And that may be driven by things like how much income you want. So maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm retiring, I need income, in which case you need to invest in assets that produce a decent income. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're 25 and you're getting started and you think, well, I don't need income, I, I, you know, I've got a job, so I just want to invest for, in growth assets. So that might be shares and property type things. So there's all sorts of things that you need to consider. But then the last principle to, to, to focus on here when you're getting started is just to make sure you do it regularly. You know, I say take, you know, we talked about saving and we talked about saving 10%. Try and put that 10% aside every month and continue to invest it. Um, if you keep just adding to your investments month in, month out, you, you'll grow your capital nicely over time. Wonderful so stuff. A few, a few uh, things to get started. Alex, uh, nothing like uh, seeing your savings increase. As you say, you've got a habit form there that uh, sees that savings increase and then uh, seeing your investments increase in value. Uh, wonderful insights today. For those who want to connect with Alex Cook, you can connect with Alex. Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Uh, you can find the Wealth With Purpose website at wealthwithpurpose.com. Uh, free resources there on the website too to assist with all sorts of different uh, financial avenues. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, Alex, just great getting your insights once again today and uh, appreciate you being with us on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Great to be with you.